When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey Mets fans, welcome back to Amazing Avenue Audio, the show. My name is Brian, with me as always is Chris. And uh, Chris, we are here on the precipice of history. The Mets have never won six series in a row to start the season until 2022, and yet they have done it here. And so um, the first place Mets, they are 14-6. and six. They have won all six of their series thus far. The pitching has looked great. The hitting has been very good, but not sort of on the backs of just one or two people, but really spread out across the uh, across the team. It's hard not to be feeling pretty good about the New York Mets right now. Would you concur with that? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, the opportunity to go into this weekend and make it seven series wins against the Phillies is uh, particularly appealing. <laughs> uh, we can't get too ahead of ourselves, but when you have a team that has uh, done it six times, you know, mm-hmm. uh, why not? Why not at least think that that could happen this weekend? Um, right. Especially in a weekend where, uh, where Max Scherzer is scheduled to pitch. And uh, all, and along with Scherzer on Saturday, a returning Taiwan Walker. Yeah, it's kind of wild that he's only thrown two innings. Yeah, exactly. You know, in <laughs> uh, talking about this, you know, this 14 and 6 start, I think it's important to note that they've done this without Jacob DeGrom. They've done this without, uh, except for two innings, as you said, Taiwan Walker. They have done this, you know, obviously the starting pitching has been excellent. And, you know, Francisco Lindor is off to a nice start. But there's there's no, like, I, you know, it seems like every year, every team has like one guy who's just the king of April 
who is just doing stuff that you know is never going to continue over the course of the season, but they are just destroying the month of April. And I guess maybe you could point to Scherzer or McGill or Bassett as guys who are having like unusually great months. But nobody to me, and maybe you disagree with this, but nobody to me is having that like unsustainable, you know, two weeks of being got on the baseball field type performance right now, uh, which, you know, as fun as those things can be, this is a really good sign to me for the sustainability of the Mets success, because when somebody gets super hot like that, it's going to push them over the top. But is there anybody that you think right now is like at a crazy unsustainable success level? Mm, no, I mean, I think McGill might be the only one who it's reasonable to wonder if these improvements that appear to have been made are super sustainable, but uh, he's definitely looked like a major league starting pitcher, which is something that I think we all had doubts about coming into the season. Uh, correct. Correct. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll throw, I'll jump on that too for a second. I think that right now, all of us would be very content with Tyler McGill being just a a really reliable back of the rotation guy. He doesn't have to be pitching the way he's been pitching to have value to this team. And especially with Walker and DeGrom on the way back, you know, if he is your sixth starter, that that's a that's a pretty damn good sixth starter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And credit to David Peterson who has also pitched well filling in. Yes. Um even though that earned him a trip to Syracuse, uh, uh, I not not the oh, Homer Simpson makes an appearance in the background. <laughs> um, My favorite so, guest star we've had. Uh, yes, yes, but but yeah, um, not the biggest deal that they made that roster move. But it was also a little bit of like, man. <laughs> what did he do wrong? You know, right, right. Um, I mean that that was obviously done. You know, with the with the notion of uh, Walker coming back, right, and uh, and then needing a little bit of extra help in the bullpen. But you know, it's uh, it is certainly not the. I I, I don't think it was reflective of his um, uh, of his performance at all. Yeah, yeah. I'd have to imagine that he has a shot at rejoining the the. Uh the active roster that, you know, depending on who else is healthy or not, or what Trevor Williams looks like out of the, you know, out of the bullpen. Right. Um, I think Williams is out of options. So that makes it tough to uh, swap him directly for him without risking losing him. But yes, it does. That's that, it, one of the downsides of not having those years of service time is that right. you can just be sent to the minors. Um, something that could come up in, on the position player side, too, when rosters decrease. Uh, I, I did want to mention, too, uh, they've done this. They were missing Mark Canna and Brandon Nimmo for a few days. Yes, that's true. We didn't even mention that. They, they were, I believe it was five games yeah. that those two were not available, and they won, I think, four of those five games. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, you just think back to years past to to lose two members of your usual uh, everyday lineup, and I don't want to say not notice it, but play well enough that it didn't feel like it cost the team really. Right. Uh, that's 
that's a good sign of, of what you mentioned of how they've sort of uh, spread the uh, production around. Right. I mean, even looking at the last week, uh, no Met had two home runs, but five Mets hit home runs. Right. Uh, and, you know, I, I know it's very early to be talking about these sorts of things, uh, especially for something that is so both hard to quantify and also that can change on a dime. But I, I do think some credit for this, for this has to go with the way Buck Walter has been um, just moving folks in and out of the lineup, making, making it a really uh, – interesting and sometimes maybe not the most fun decisions at times uh but just you know he for instance i don't think any of us thought that travis jankowski was going to be playing the way that he has been playing um but you know it's a really nice thing to see a a a minor bench piece like that guy get some playing time and not just get some playing time but you know having a really uh you know, a, a really fun couple of games there where you've seen him do some some things that maybe he won't uh, he won't get to do later this season. And you've seen the DH spot been a really effective place for people to just kind of pop in and out of. You know, it's um, Schultz has done a really good job of of just sp- spreading this around, and uh, I think that's probably something that is going to go underreported in the long run, but I, I do want to just give him a little credit for that. Have you been noticing that as an effective strategy, or do you think he's just getting lucky so far? Yeah, I think it's fair to say that's been effective. Uh, I don't know. I, I think a lot of focus has been on some moves that, uh, I don't know, he didn't really have too many alternatives for. Mm-hmm. Um, but even then it feels like there hasn't been too much negativity about those decisions because the team's 14 and six. Um, the one thing that stood out was, uh, I believe it what was late last week that Dom Smith came up against the lefty in kind of a big spot in a game that they went on to lose. Yes. And, yes. Uh, Shaw Walter didn't pinch hit for him with JD Davis, which was just one of those moments of, asking okay why is jd davis on the roster if he's not coming up in that spot but i can't complain too much uh, on the bullpen side of things that there, there just aren't that many great options mm-hmm. um especially with friend of the podcast trevor may uh <laughs> struggling pretty, yes pretty badly and he's been an open about that you know um yeah but some Dudes that I don't think we, I don't know if I'd say we never heard of, but some dudes who maybe we didn't think would be making appearances already have. Right, right. Uh, Yoan Lopez and uh, Adonis Medina. It's funny. I I have watched something like, you know, 80% of the innings this season. I missed both of their performances. (laughs) So I have not seen them, but lots of other people have. Yeah. Um, Lopez got himself uh involved in yes in the hit by a pitch situation which i guess I, we should probably talk about yeah let, let's, let's get to that so the mets lead the majors with 19 hits by pitches and it is certainly uh 
becoming an issue for the team. Now, I think there's a couple of things at play here. I think some of this is just absolutely bad luck in terms of just them getting hit. Some of it has to be blamed on the baseball as, uh, as uh, you know, um, Chris Bassett mentioned in his postgame the other night. Some of it has to probably be just, uh, you know, I, I feel like you could have taken these out. You could have taken these and spread them over the course of a season, and I don't think anybody would have necessarily gotten mad, except for the helmet hits. Those are always going to be a big deal. But I, I think that this is just, in a sense, like Chinese water torture, water torture, where you are seeing just this constant prevalence of the Mets getting hit, and they are just not handling it very well. Do you think that they're overreacting to this, or do you think that they are justified in their anger and uh, frustration? I think they're justified. It's one of those things that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Mm-hmm. It's the, the Cardinals just happen to be the team that was still hitting them after several other teams did. Right. Um, but I, I don't blame the Mets for being frustrated. I, I think they took that out on the Cardinals as much uh, to sort of let other teams know that this is how they feel right. as opposed to the Cardinals specifically. But when you have guys getting hit in the head as much as they do, um, that that's a fair game in terms of being frustrated. Yes. Agreed. Uh, we know Nimmo and McNeil, I think have been pretty good at getting hit by pitches. Yes. That, that is a skill those guys have. Right. So simply leading the league in it doesn't necessarily mean anything crazy is going on. Even what has already happened doesn't necessarily mean it's not just some weird anomaly and right, right. they've happened to get pitchers who haven't been able to control this version of the baseball. Uh, I thought Chris Bassett talking about MLB and the, I don't know, lack of confidence that, that players have in their ability to produce baseballs is they were, they were very good. It's crazy to me that that's still a topic but somehow the the object that it, the sport is named after <laughs> is something that uh, the most prestigious baseball league in the world has issues with. Now, uh, I should mention, I, I believe this is happening. So if... Um... If this doesn't happen, my apologies. But I believe on Tuesday night, our friends at A Pot of Their Own are having uh, Dr. Meredith, uh, is it Willis? I should know this, so I'm talking about it, uh, who is sort of the preom. Cannot talk this early in the morning, Chris. We have to stop doing these podcasts <laughs> just because I can't talk in the morning. Um, but yeah, Dr. Meredith Willis, she um, is an astrophysicist who studies the baseball. She's been on A Pot of Their Own a few times. They're going to be doing a Facebook Live. She's going to be showing some baseballs on that Facebook Live, uh, talking about the differences in the balls. So definitely be on the lookout for that. Uh, I believe it's eight thirty on Tuesday, May second, uh, May third, rather. So everyone should definitely check that out. But yeah, I mean, 
the baseball is a huge issue right now. And I'm glad that Bassett had the balls to say something about it because I think that for a lot of people, that's a uh, that's a topic that maybe maybe seems a little bit too. Uh, I don't know, too too tilting at windmills to talk about. You know, what's one guy talking about the baseball going to do? But if a lot of more, lots of more players do that, maybe there's a chance that somebody, there's something to be done about this. Whatever that something is, um, I thought it was really interesting that Ronnie brought up in the broadcast yesterday, which is that in the KBO, if a player is hit in the head, the pitcher is ejected from the game no matter what. Hmm. And I thought that's a really interesting perspective because it is not like this is going to be a I, I think almost everybody would understand this if that's the rule a people wouldn't i it might even be a three-day suspension he said or somebody mentioned a three-day suspension i, I was i was quote working during the game yesterday so i wasn't listening 100 percent. but uh if there was something like you know players hit in the head uh, uh, pitchers ejected and and suspended for three games, that would drastically cut down on the amount of head hunting that would go on. If you were to pitch in, you would not be pitching up and in. And if it were to happen, I think everybody would fully understand the accidental nature of it. Um, you know, as Buck Showalter has said a few times now, and how as Gary Cohen likes to bring up in the broadcast, at a certain point, intent doesn't matter. If folks are getting hit in the head there has to be action taken no matter what. That's just, it's just how it has to be. Um, yeah. I'm sure, I, I, I'm sure that is not a radical thought for you or for most of our listeners. Right. Yeah. And uh, show Walter had made comments on, on the topic as well, basically saying pitchers had gone too far with all the sticky substances and the crackdown and, the current baseball are too far in the other direction. Um, so I do think it's something that they're talking about because they've been in this situation where uh, not, you know, not even just, you don't want to see anybody get hit in the head or the face, uh, but it's not just anybody either. It's been Pete Alonso, Francisco Lindor, uh, high profile guys. And, None of it's been sparked by like pimping a home run or the Mets hitting somebody in a bad way first, right? There, there, there's been no motive, which I think is where that part comes in that intent doesn't matter at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's there's there's enough risk in the game that. Uh, more routine injuries could come up um, risk to pitchers with potentially very hard hit and line drives coming back in the direction of their heads. This one just seems like the thing that's sort of the easiest to control in theory. Right. And I know that they like to bring up that, Oh, you know, that the game is uh, gone. So, strongly toward velocity and that is true but i don't know when when you hear players talking about it and and when bassett talks about it and other pitchers have as well i forget if scherzer had spoken about it publicly or verlander um one of those er guys with (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> with with a long track record of success, I felt like I had talked about it uh, within the last couple of years, but none of them are saying, "Oh, this is." They're not going conspiracy theory and saying this is these are these are the baseballs that are being used in games against the Mets, right? Uh, they're they're speaking in a, a general sense uh, before the day game. Uh, it was I don't know. It, Amusing, I guess, to see that Miles uh, Mikolas mm-hmm. sort of misinterpreted or misunderstood Bassett's comments as uh, something that they weren't. <laughs> no, he he was not talking at all about. First of all, uh, he he basically told Bassett, you know, speak for yourself, dude. And Bassett's not hitting people. <laughs> like that's not the issue. Right. Bassett wasn't talking about his control of the baseball. He was talking about general like you're saying, it was general control. We were just talking about the sort of the overall overarching way that baseball is that the, the, the baseball is being thrown right now. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's messed up. Um it's a it's a bad situation. But like you said, there seems to be common sense um solutions to this. And I hate that term because that makes me sound like a Republican politician. Them a common sense gun control and shit like that. But um, I, uh, but I do think there there are like there are intermediary steps that can be taken here that are not extreme. But then we have to remember that Rob Manfred's the uh, commissioner of baseball, and those things won't get done because he doesn't do things. Like, he doesn't do stuff like that. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> oh man, uh, he's just a. He's a, a never-ending source of frustration, uh, of course. <laughs> but that's yeah. the whole of the story. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. So is there, uh, is there any other thing that you feel like is, is super essential to discuss in terms of the last two series, or can we uh, look ahead a little bit? Um, I think mostly look ahead a little bit. The, until significant changes are made, or at least semi-significant ones, the bullpen is always going to be a little bit of a concern. Mm-hmm. I, I do think Trevor May is better than he's been so far this year, unless that arm soreness is more of an injury than... Uh, than we think right now. Um, but Edwin Diaz has looked pretty good. Uh, Seth Lugo started to look a little bit better. I think that's very important. 
they they're going to have some games where they're just asking too much of a bullpen that isn't that deep. Um, but to their credit, they've they've been all right lately, and hopefully, Lugo is more this effective pitcher that we've seen the last couple of times out, um, and May just gets things uh, going again. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, but yeah, bring on the Phillies. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we should also mention Jacob DeGrom's MRI and CAT scan came back good for his shoulder. He can begin not necessarily uh, throwing yet, but just doing some some workout type stuff. It looks like when this all happened, everyone said 10 weeks was sort of the routine from this, and the Mets tried to play it off. Like maybe it would be less than that, but it looks like it's going to be about 10 weeks when he's back. So middle of June probably is when DeGrom will be back. But the fact that there's that there's significant healing going on. That's a good thing. And yeah, I mean, you know, I wrote a piece for the Marysen Avenue that will be up sometime today about just the start they had and sort of looking ahead to some, you know, looking back at some historical parallels, what teams started off strong. You know, you look at the 86 Mets, they started off a little bit stronger and we all like how that one ended up. But the 2018 Mets had the exact same record <laughs> as the 2022 Mets at this point in the season. And that was a disaster of a season. So we can't count our chickens before they hatch, but it just seems like with the pitchers coming back, with the team spreading around the production the way they have, and most importantly to me, in terms of looking to the rest of the season, an owner who's not going to be afraid to spend to take on some money at the deadline, you might see anything that's an issue come July be resolved. Hopefully that means a lot of bullpen pieces. But, you know, we'll see. I, I feel very I feel, this is the most confident about the Mets I've felt in a long time, and I'm sure that will come back to bite me in the ass. But you that know. never happens with the Mets. No, never, ever. <laughs> uh, so what's your music pick this week, Chris? So I'm actually surprised looking back that I hadn't recommended uh, this record, but we we have had the pleasure of seeing uh, an artist named Sessa several times going back to uh 2019 desert days and then uh again last fall and then again last night in brooklyn and uh he's brazilian plays uh i don't know uh pretty pretty traditional samba and uh you know plays a classical guitar has a drummer and it's just those two uh with permanent instruments and then two uh, female vocalists who are on either backup or lead vocals, depending on the song on this record. And also add uh, some accents with a variety of uh, percussion instruments in, into the equation. So uh, the, the name of the record is Grandeza and uh, it's very good. He has a new album coming out fairly soon, uh, but this one, this one has been, sort of in rotation for us for for quite a while uh, to the point that I don't know how I didn't recommend it on a previous episode. But uh, <laughs> nothing like seeing somebody play less than 12 hours before we record to... <laughs> to influence your choice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But very, very good um, and just a very humble, gentle person too, to, to boot. Um, you know, went out of his way to thank all the variety of staff at the venue, not something that you see every artist do, right? No, no, certainly not. 
So yeah, check that record out. It is very, very relaxing. And uh, at times it gets uh, nice and loud too, which is, which is good. That sounds really great. I love Brazilian music. I love Bossa Nova. So I, I am very much looking forward to checking that out. Um, I feel like we have sort of swapped picks this week because I feel like uh, this next band, I don't know if you're aware of them, but I feel like you would be a big fan of this band. Um, All right. So they're a new band. They're called Plosives. I, I've been trying to figure out how to pronounce this band's name, and then I realized it's Explosives, but just like shortened to Plosives. Um, it is featuring John Reese or Rice. I never know how to pronounce his last name. From Rocket from the Crypt, Hot Snakes, Drive Like Jehu, uh, Pinbacks, Rob Crow, Adam Willard, who is drummed for Against Me and Rocket from the Crypt and a uh, lot of other bands, uh, Angels and Airwaves, maybe. And then a, a bassist named Jordan Clark, who I'm not particularly familiar with, but they are just like a straight ahead, um, punkish kind of just like uh, is really, really upbeat, up tempo, straight ahead punk band uh, rob crow is one of those guys who I, I i never think like i'm gonna put on a rob crow record but whenever a song comes on a shuffle like a pinback song or a solo song i'm always like holy shit why don't i listen to this guy all the time he writes really interesting stuff and i love adam willard's drumming he's one of my favorite drummers that is working and uh john reese sometimes him is swami john reese uh has this amazing like surfy inspired guitar sound and all this comes together in these just like condensed shots to the gut of songs. The record is 10 songs, 33 minutes. So each song is just a short little blast of, of melody and punk rock. And it's, it's a really, really perfect, like get yourself hyped up. The weather's getting nice. Put this on as you're doing some, you know, yard work or just taking a walk. It's, it's a really, uh, Really fun, really uh, driving, explosive, fun, fun record. I keep saying fun, but that's the best word for it. Um, I have not stopped listening to this recently. And maybe this is because I've been on my Ramones kick, but I feel like this just kind of fits in a little bit with that sort of Ramonesy vibe. And right now, that is what I am craving for my music. So uh, the self-titled album by Splosives, uh, new out this month, I think, or at least this year, uh, March 17th, so that last, last month. Uh, but yeah, uh, it's on Swami Records, which is John Reese's label, and uh, I highly, highly recommend checking it out. Nice. Well, yeah. I, will, I will do that. And uh, before we go, I, I will say it's nice that we got uh, another instance of good feedback on the whole music rec thing. So yes, yes, we got a very nice email from a gentleman who we're both going to be seeing at Solid Sound. It sounds like yes, that, that uh, is so... the plan. <laughs> There's a beer on us coming to you, sir. So uh, we we will we will talk before that happens. Yes, but, and it, it, that's a that's a good way to keep people listening. If it, if you email us about our music recs, you we'll start around to the end of the episode. There's a free beer in it for you. <laughs> uh, this is a limited time offer uh, <laughs> and not legally binding in any way, <laughs> except for the guy who emailed us last week. He's totally in, but uh, yes. everybody else, this we'll see how it goes. But yeah, you see us at the show, we'll probably get you a beer. So thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, make sure to go to amazingavenue.com for all your Mets needs. We got podcasts, for, uh, farm reports, daily news, analysis, et cetera, et cetera. It's all there for you. you can also find the Amazing Avenue on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Amazing Avenue. You can find this podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, 
wherever you get podcasts, find this. Wherever you do that, please rate, review, and subscribe. Those things help others find out about our show. Chris is on Twitter at Chris McShane. I am on Twitter at Brian Needs a Nap. And until next time, let's make it eight series in a row by the time we speak next time. And let's go Mets. Mm-hmm.